0: Hey everyone, glad that you can be with us today. Do you struggle with feelings of loneliness during this Christmas season? Maybe it's because you're so busy that you just don't have time to be with people, or maybe it's because you're missing someone that's close to you. Either way, we're glad that you're here today so that you can hear us as we talk about how to navigate feelings of loneliness. Last week, we had the opportunity to launch into this message series, Grinchmas to Christmas. And we talked about the subject of how to navigate family expectations. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different, and that's the subject of loneliness. It's interesting that if you've watched the movie that kind of inspired the name of this series, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it's an interesting study of psychology. In an article that I recently read titled, Neuroscience Explains Why the Grinch Stole Christmas, Dr. John Kochopo, a pioneer in the field of social neuroscience, uh, had this to say, people with an acute sense of social isolation appear to have a reduced response to things that make most people happy and a heightened response to human conflict. This explains a lot about people who not only seem to wallow in unhappiness but also seem obsessed with the emotional drama of others. He went on to explain that loneliness then is basically a state of mind, that it's it's something that it may be based on reality, but sometimes it's just a matter of perception. And it's also very much a a situation where a, a person struggles at this time of the year in very deep ways. So for example, you think about it that at this time of the year, if you are a college student and it's been a long semester away from home, you just can't wait to get home. Why? Because there are some feelings of loneliness associated with being away from family. Or maybe you have recently moved and you're away from family. And so you're struggling with trying to get to know new people in a new area. Or maybe this is the first Christmas since you've had someone in your family pass away. And that empty chair at the dinner table is just going to get you. And it's just such a struggle at this time of the year, especially during the Christmas season, when you see all of the other families getting together. And for you, this Christmas is different. And so the big question that we have as we think about the the subject of loneliness is how do I navigate the feelings of loneliness during this Christmas season? And we're going to direct our attention to a woman who was an elderly woman who got to meet Jesus when he was just eight days old. Jesus' mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, after his birth, had had brought him to Jerusalem to do what the law required, and. There they met this woman. And this is where the account then uh, takes place. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 36. It says, There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So Luke gives us a a few um, details about Anna. Luke tells us that she was a prophet. In other words, she was not a person who necessarily foretold the future. She was a person who knew the Bible, her Old Testament really well, and was just really good at explaining it to other people. And it's interesting that it says here that she was very old. And it's interesting that many commentators think that it wasn't that she was 84 years old, but that in fact, she was even older than that that many commentators believe that the way this is stated is that she was a widow for 84 years. So in other words, she not only outlived any remaining family members that she had, but she probably outlived all of her lifelong friends too. And so if there was anyone who knew about loneliness, it would have been Anna. And what's interesting is that we need to understand that the feelings of loneliness are very real, whether they're based on reality or just perceived, the feelings are very real. And that they can also add to it the feelings of depression, feeling empty and unwanted. And I can't help but think about those of you who maybe have lost a spouse and or a family member and it's just been within the last year or two, that my heart goes out to you because this is an extremely difficult time of the year, that you had traditions with that person, that now those traditions you can't have anymore. You have lots of memories of fun Christmases and wonderful Christmases in the past, and now it's different. And so for you, you really struggled during this Christmas season. You know, one of the, the great blessings of our Grief Share ministry here at Crosswalk is that it, it gives you a chance to connect with other people who maybe who are also going through the same feelings that you are. And uh, we have that. It's going to be starting right after the, the Christmas holidays. And it's a great opportunity for you to be able to just get some uh, feedback from other people, some advice and tips on how to handle this Christmas season. And for example, I think just a couple of tips that I might give you if it's fresh for you. Uh, Be able to let people in your family know that when you're getting together with them for family time, that you may not be able to stay the whole time. That sometimes the feelings of, of missing your loved one just is heightened by being around other family or your office business parties or whatever it may be that just Give yourself permission to leave if the emotions become too much. Or maybe let others know in advance how you're feeling, that they can be praying for you and also give you permission to to leave if need be. Maybe another tip also would be to start a new tradition and blend it with the old so that the memory of the old is still there, but that it's something new moving forward. These are just a, a couple of tips that we have received from Our grief-share ministry and from other people who've gone through it, but losing someone to death is not just the only way that we experience loneliness during this Christmas season. Sometimes it can be that we're so busy that we're just isolating ourselves from other people, that there's so much on our to-do list that we just don't have time to spend with family and friends, and that too can lead to loneliness. Or maybe for some of you, It's that you have gone through a divorce, or you've gone through a a severe breakup from a boyfriend or girlfriend, and it just heightens that loneliness feeling that you have. Or maybe you're a child from a divorced situation, and, and just that feeling of rejection or abandonment that you may be experiencing. All of these feelings are real, and they can leave you feeling depressed, empty, and unwanted. And here's what I want you to know. Jesus sees you and he cares. And he promises to help you navigate those feelings during this Christmas season. It's interesting that Anna then gives us a great example of what to do when we're struggling with those feelings. And if we continue in verse 37, it says, She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Last week we talked about letting a victim mentality disrupt our relationships. We talked about how so often when we have a victim mentality we just, we just get down and then we become a villain. We say harsh things to, to people who are around us. And what Anna shows us here is how to move from a victim to a victor in Jesus that we recognize that we have a God who loves us, that we, we, instead of focusing on the loss and on the loneliness, we can focus on our Lord. That instead of wishing that things were different, we can start worshiping our Lord, knowing that he is always with us. And I think it's interesting that during this Christmas season, um, to kind of get a gauge for where we're at as we think about that, I want to just uh, encourage you to do a fill in the blank. In the fill, and fill in the blank goes something like this: All I want for Christmas is fill in the blank. What is it? You know, to be honest, you know, you want to know what I first put: time with family. That's what I want. Oh, and and maybe a new truck, or at least maybe a truck that starts reliably. Okay, well, maybe not that. But the thing is, is that there are lots of things that we want for Christmas, right? But we need to understand that if there's anything that's in that blank other than Jesus, you want to know what it becomes? An idol. And that's convicting to me because there have been so many times in my life where, yeah, I think to myself, you know what? If I have this, then I'll be happy. So if I have more family time at Christmas, I'll be happy. If I have a new friend, I'll be happy, or if I feel more connected now that I've moved to a new place, or if I have new friends in college, or whatever it is, then I'll be happy. And all the while, what God wants us to know is, keep Jesus at the center and you will experience that happiness and joy and peace that can never be taken away because he's not going anywhere. Friends come and go. Family members sometimes come and go, but Jesus, we have him by faith forever. And that's his promise that he gives us hope and joy and peace. And Anna learned to lean into that. It's so interesting that he, it tells us here that she never left the temple, but that she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. She learned that as she focused her attention more on her Lord, as she experienced the closeness of God, as she experienced the promises of God, that that shifted her prayer life too. It shifted her prayers from God give me to God be with me. And that is so important that so often I find myself, God, give me this. God, give me that. God, if only I had this, then I'll be happy. And of course, that reflects the idolatry that's in my heart. And I need to confess that. I need to repent of that and focus on the Lord who forgives The Lord who says, I'll give you what you need, but even more importantly, I'm going to be with you in the midst of everything that you're going through, especially if you're experiencing loneliness during this Christmas season. Timothy Keller, a pastor in New York City, uh, in his book on prayer, he has this to say about that shift in our prayer life from God give me to God be with me. He had this to say, We must see that our heart's loves are disordered, that is, out of order. Things we ought to love, third or fourth, are first in our hearts. God, whom we should love supremely, is someone we may acknowledge, but whose favor and presence is not existentially as important to us as prosperity, success, status, love, and pleasure unless at the very least we recognize this heart disorder and realize how much it distorts our lives, our prayers will be part of the problem, not an agent of our healing. And I think that's just such an important statement that we all have disordered hearts, that we have misplaced priorities, and that comes to our relationship with God as well. And so sometimes when we're lonely, we become self-absorbed. And what Anna teaches us is that one of the ways to get out of that is to become God-absorbed, to be able to spend our time focusing on him, that he is with us. And some of the promises from the Old Testament that I think probably helped Anna in this, as she experienced loss of husband, as she grew older and experienced loss of friends, and as she battled throughout stages of her life of those feelings of loneliness, she leaned into the promise that God gave to Joshua after Moses had died. And Moses certainly had been a mentor and a leader for Joshua. And now Joshua was to take the people of Israel into the promised land. And he was like, well, How am I going to do this? God gave him an incredible promise in Joshua 1 verse 5. He said, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Just think about that, that promise that God's not going anywhere. So not only did Anna benefit from that, but you and I can benefit from that, that God is with you. So that means that even in those days when you feel alone, You're not truly alone. You have your loving Heavenly Father who notices every detail of your life and he is with you no matter what you're facing. Not only that, but Anna that day as she held the baby Jesus in her arms, there's probably a really good chance that she was thinking along the lines of what the angel had actually told Joseph in Matthew chapter one. We heard this in last week's message. By the way, if you missed last week's message, you can check it out online. But this is what um, it said in Matthew one, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so again, there's that great promise that God is with you no matter what it is that you're facing and especially in those lonely moments to lean into his love for you. And on top of that, maybe just another angle of this is that, yes, God you can't see. And so sometimes that those feelings of loneliness, even though you know God's with you, it doesn't help because we need social interaction too to be able to help with that. And that's where knowing that we're not only part of a family of blood relatives but that we're also a family of spiritual relatives that we're a family in god and that's where the apostle paul just really highlights that in galatians 3 verse 26 when he said so in christ jesus you are all children of god through faith Anna benefited from that as she would go to the temple and as she would spend time there, she was a part of God's family. She benefited from being around other people and being able to have meaningful conversations with them. And and here's, I think, the other point that we want to make about this is that joy can be found in being a part of the family of God, not just a part of our family by blood. I don't know, maybe maybe you've experienced this, that some of the Christian friends that you have are closer to you than your blood relatives are. And while you wish that you would have closer relationships with your blood relatives, the the reality is that God has blessed us incredibly with good Christian friends in our lives that help us in those moments of loneliness, that help us in those moments when we're like, God, where are you? Or how come I can't get along with my family member? Whatever the challenge is that we're experiencing, to have good Christian friends in our lives that help us, man, what a blessing. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 10, in verses 24 and 25, the writer to the Hebrews gives this great example when he says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's interesting that this is just one of over 100 verses in the New Testament that have to do with being together, that have to do with being being with one another and praying with one another, encouraging one another, loving one another, serving one another, there's so many of those verses. Why? Because we need each other. We're part of a family of God by faith in Jesus, and we have a responsibility to caring for one another. And Anna certainly experienced that. She experienced that not only by being blessed by that family of God around her, but she also experienced that by being that for other people. That another cure to loneliness is purposefulness. And that's in verse 38 in Luke 2. It says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child, the baby Jesus, to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. It's amazing to me that Anna gained new purpose in her life. No doubt up until this point that she had been the go-to person in the temple that whenever a, a woman would come in and she had just lost her husband and she was a widow, I'm guessing that everybody there pointed them to Anna saying, go talk to her. She'll listen to you. She gets what you're going through and she will help you. She'll give you practical advice. And so Anna, didn't waste her loneliness. She didn't waste being a widow. Instead, she was there to help others. And and here, she gained new purpose in that. Because now she was able not only to just be a good listener, but she was able to point people to the Savior Jesus who would bring redemption to them from their sins. And my friends, that's the key is to remember that We can overcome loneliness with purposefulness, and that means that we want to make sure that we're, like Anna, we're good listeners to one another, that we're able to be able to notice when people are experiencing times of tension, transition, or trouble in their lives, and that we're able to then point them to Jesus like Anna did, to point them to the one who understands what we're going through. Who gets it? After all, Jesus was only. There were times that he experienced the same feelings that you and I do. And it's interesting that the the prophet Isaiah actually prophesied about that 700 years before Jesus was even born. In Isaiah 53, he said he, referring to Jesus, was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus gets it. He understands that the pain that we experience in those lonely times of our lives. and. And the thing is, is that Jesus loves us so much that he was willing to take the pain of the cross so that we would never be forsaken and never be abandoned by God for all eternity. Because, I don't know if you really stop and think about this, but our sin separates us from God. We deserve to be alone and abandoned by God forever because of our sins. That's scary but Jesus was willing to take it in our place. That's the reason why in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus cried out from the cross, and it said from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus experienced the depths of hell, The most lonely that anyone could ever be, Jesus experienced it. All so that he could pay the price for our forgiveness. So that for all the times that we have mistreated others, for all the times that we have made something else, our God, that maybe time with family or wishing that things were different and that's become our idol. For all those times and others, Jesus paid the price for our forgiveness so that we can be with God forever in heaven and to receive the assurance that he is with us now. Jesus makes this beautiful promise. Um, And again, he can make this promise and actually keep it because Jesus didn't just die, he rose again from the dead. Which means that he is alive and well. He's not just some religious leader who died whose grave we go and visit to commemorate his greatness, no. His grave is empty. And that means that he lives and he's with you right now. And he makes this promise in Matthew 28. He says, surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. And so as we close out today, I just want you to think about this. That because of Jesus, even when I feel lonely, I'm never alone. He is always with me. And that's his promise to you. And it just leads me to think of a person who was not unlike Anna. Uh, At my first church, her name was Myrtle. (laughs) Myrtle was blind, she lived at home, and somehow she always managed to, to have this delicious set of cookies for me that she would bake extra special for me every time that I would come over and visit with her and have a devotion and prayer time with her. Myrtle was just awesome. And, you know, what was so amazing about Myrtle is that she, not unlike Anna, had to bury her husband very early on in their marriage. And she lived the rest of her days without him by her side. I can't imagine that. And yet, you know what? She knew that Jesus was with her. She trusted that Jesus was with her. And she was an incredible example to the other women in the congregation, and to me, a very young pastor at the time, to be able to keep our focus on the Lord instead of our loss. To keep worshiping the Lord instead of wishing that things were different, knowing that our Lord is with us. And so this Christmas season, as you maybe battle feelings of loneliness, Lean into God's love for you. He is with you. He will never leave you because Jesus took our sins away. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for these words. Thank you for the example of Anna that was recorded in the Bible. And here we are 2,000 years later, still talking about this amazing woman who got to see you as a baby and who worshiped you and who just teaches us that in those moments of loneliness when we struggle, that we are never alone and that as we lean into you, as we keep you front and center in our lives, that helps us battle with our loneliness. Lord Jesus, we also thank you for the people that you've given to us, whether it's our family members or friends or our church family that you have brought these people into our lives to help us recognize that we are not alone, to help us in those moments when we're struggling with isolation or abandonment or rejection or whatever the feelings are that have left us feeling lonely. Lord, thank you for these people. Help them to be good, good listeners and help us to be good listeners to those also who are around us who are struggling with the same feelings and Lord, Help us always lean into your promises that you are with us, that you forgive us, and that you love us. We ask your blessing on us during this busy Christmas season. Help us to keep focused on you. And we ask this in your saving name, Lord Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.